Hello, and welcome to another episode of City on a Hill, a podcast about what it means to be a citizen of heaven and a citizen of the United States. We want to encourage Christians to find their tribe in the church and their hope in the kingdom of God, rather than to seek both in the kingdom of man. So with that, let's get to it today. Well, hello, my name is Eric Eastep. And I'm Scott Reevely. And this is the City on a Hill podcast. Welcome back. Scott, how you doing? I'm doing okay, thank you. Been a little under the weather here this week, and I uh, feel like I'm finally pulling out. Nice. It is the fall. We're in the in the season. For, yeah. Yeah, not good. If I sleep, I'm good. If I don't sleep, and it, then I feel like I shouldn't even... I mean, then the cold has is bothering me. Mm. It doesn't really bother me unless I can't sleep. You lay down horizontal, then, oh, yeah, I have a little... We probably shouldn't myself. talk about that. Like, that's enough. <laughs> Too much information Too much, coming much. very soon. All right. Uh, well, this is the... I'll, I'll let everyone know what, what I've been noticing about the world. This is the season between election and um, new sessions of Congress or new sessions of the legislature. Lame and duck sessions? Lame, lame duck se- We're in the lame duck right now, but... And usually people talk about the bills that are happening in the lame duck. But one of the things I've been noticing is that this is the time when all the caucuses, all the, or the groups, um, decide on new leadership. So uh, I'm, I'm a nerd, so I'm watching the Oregon legislature, and uh, there's, uh, there's going to be a new Senate president. There hasn't been a new Senate president in Oregon for, uh, I believe, 19 years. So there's going to be a change Whoa. in the Senate president. There's change in the... Um, the different, uh, the House on the on the Democratic side and the Republican side, um, and the Senate side. So there's a lot of moving parts and changing who the leadership is, which is which is pretty fascinating. And if people watch news, they're probably noticing all that happening at the national level. So um, I think just was it yesterday or today, uh, Representative Jeffries was elected to be the Democratic major or Democratic leader in the in the national House. Um, there's been uh, Different Which things. looks interesting, by the way. I think he's an interesting choice. And I, he ran unopposed, so I mean, it wasn't like a big choice. It was unanimous, unanimous yeah. vote. Yeah. yeah, so anyway, it looks interesting to me. And then there's the uh, Kevin McCarthy is on the Republican side, and then um, the Democratic Senate side. That doesn't happen. It hasn't yet happened yet, but um, Senator McConnell was elected as the uh, Republican minority leader. Um, with a little bit of a kerfuffle, some some opposition he had, but he got through it and was elected. Um, but it just it has me thinking about how how people um, basically set up leadership and say, hey, th- this person is going to speak for us. And I was I was vying to be one of the people that would vote for such a thing uh, on the Oregon House side. Um, so before we get that far, can I just interrupt? Yeah, and say, okay, I just don't even know this. What is it? I read somewhere that somebody was going to be a whip. <laughs> what is a whip and who, who who's a whip and what do they do uh the whip this is this is what you come here folks <laughs> this is why you're here it's why i'm here i'm yeah, trying yeah. to learn something so the whip i believe it's generally the uh third in charge uh in a, in a caucus a caucus is a is a as a group of people um either in the majority or the minority in some legislative body. Um, you have a leader, then you have a deputy leader, and then you usually have the whip, which is usually the third ranking. And they're the person responsible um, to pull in the vote. 
So if you, if you have a, a caucus and you say, hey, this caucus is going to vote a particular way, leadership wants it to vote a particular way, the whip is responsible to whip the vote, to make sure we get all the votes needed from our caucus. Um, so they're going to have to have a bunch of relationship building. And hey, that's how he got his name. Who? The whip. Because it goes to whip up the vote. I think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we can double check. That's this. how I'll remember it. Then. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, I've always wondered that and never known. And, and it's, it's, it's one of the leadership pieces. So, so someone, uh, so for instance, Representative Pelosi, before she was Speaker of the House, she was the whip uh, many years ago. So it's one of the kind of rungs of leadership okay. as you go. So, well, thank you. Yeah. Now, I don't know where you were and whatever you're saying. Either. I was just thinking, talking about- <laughs> I'm going to ask him about this because I don't know. Uh, all that to say, there, um, there's a whip. There's a whip, and legislators are deciding who will be their leader uh, and speak for them and um, have the authority to represent them at a, at a leadership level and basically kind of drive the agenda, whether minority or majority. Um, and that's kind of got me thinking about authority, like how do we get authority, who has authority. Um, in, the, in this particular context, the, the voters voted for legislators who now have uh, created a little group among themselves, and they're saying, hey, this person's our leader and will drive our agenda, uh, whether it's in the Senate or the House or the Oregon House or the Oregon Senate. Um, but authority, it's, it's a hot topic, at least, at least in the... In it the is for the nerds. For anyway. the nerds. Um, but what is... Let's talk about authority. What is authority? Well, the, the reality is it's been a hot topic for a while. It was really a hotter topic when we started our podcast and we were in the middle of a pandemic and mm-hmm. there was uh, those in authority were w- wanting us to uh, behave in certain ways and that there was really an authority, a crisis of authority and a crisis of submission right. at that time. And so, right. so... You know, it's sort of like a lukewarm topic now. It used to be a hot topic. <laughs> yes, I mean it's it. You know, when you start talking about whips and caucuses and stuff, it it's not hot. It's still, it is really chill. <laughs> it's like okay, whatever you want to talk about, Eric. But um, it, authority really is is some of what got us started with this podcast. Mm-hmm. Was that we were we were trying to navigate as a church? How do we respond to um, really political authority? And how do we encourage our church to respond to authority? And so figuring out what what is authority and, and then how does a Christian respond to it has been the major, probably the major undertaking, at right. least of Sitting on Hill podcast. So mm-hmm. I think you're asking the right question. Um, the Oxford Dictionary says that authority is the power or right to give orders, make decisions, or enforce obedience. Um, uh, one of our favorite authors here, um, Dr. David Koizis, uh, wrote a book on authority, and he said, authority is a person's moral right to direct others. Uh, and so he packed a lot into the moral, moral right part of it. Right. And I think that's kind of where the authority comes to bear on decisions, comes to bear on those who you might say are underneath that authority. Mm-hmm is who, do they have the right to do that? Right. Um, you know, the, that's what the definition asks. It's a power or right to give orders, make decisions, enforce obedience. Do they have a moral right for it? Well, and that's helpful because the moral right piece, because that's more than just saying, I'm big and can make you do something. That doesn't necessarily, that could potentially be authority, but 
um, in this definition, you could be big and bully someone into doing something, and it, you may get the desired end, but it wouldn't be authority. And you don't have the moral right to do right, that. Right. Right. You have the physical power to do it right. but, or something, but you don't have the moral right. That'd be fair. Mm-hmm. So that's the definition of authority. Uh, one of the, the first, when I think about authority, the first thing that comes to mind is, well, where does it come from? And if we're reading our Bibles um, well, all authority seems to be coming from God, um, and uh, any authority is delegated authority. And I, the first thing I went to when I was pondering this was to go to Matthew 28, um, the, the words of the Great Commission. We usually, when we're talking about disciple-making, we usually go to Matthew 28, but it's got some striking stuff in here about authority. It's a, and it, it says, And Jesus, Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Usually we talk about all the, the back stuff on that verse, but there is, there, there is uh, no bit of authority that's not included in all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus has everything. Um, and that, because we're talking about the earth, any any authority that we can see on earth has been given to Jesus. So anything else, if we're if we're looking at authority or trying to understand how to interact with authority, that authority came from Jesus, came from God, came from the Father, um, and that's just striking to me. And then in, in Romans thirteen, and we've I don't know how many times we've quoted this in this podcast, uh, but it says, "Let every person be subject to the governing authority, governing authorities." For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. So any authority that's around uh, at some level is delegated all the way back from God. And there could be multiple levels within there. But all, all authority, in my view, is delegated authority. Well, let, let's think about that for a minute, because um, that's not how everyone sees it which I think is, is a pretty basic thing to notice, mm-hmm. is that uh, when you are a Christian, that would be the place that you might start, but you are interacting in a world full of authorities that, are, uh, that see it a different way. Right. And so from the very beginning, the Christian view of how do we interact with, a, you know, politics or those in authority is different from what it would be uh, just if you were a natural person outside of Christ. Mm-hmm. You would think that somehow it's negotiated, there's a social contract, it's something um, in, the, you know, in the effect of the Magna Carta or something where mm-hmm. there's some kind of contract where we agree not to destroy each other, right. and that's how authority gets established. Right. And so just at the very fundamental level, you know, as far as how you view the world, you view the world very differently because everything you run into is, has to do with authority. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's going to work or whether it's driving in the speed limit or whether it's uh, in your home, everything has to do with authority. And if you view it differently than everybody else does, you just have to admit that and, mm-hmm. and realize that the Christian response to authority is going to be different than you might respond in the same way, but the the underpinnings, the, yes, the support, the foundation, and the reasons 
to respond a certain way to authority are different if you're a Christian. So mm-hmm. anyway, I think that's interesting. And you, you jumped to Jesus, which is not a bad place to jump at all. I went to Sunday <coughs> school as a kid. I know, Good for you. I know where to go. Um, but in some respect, Jesus is the manifestation of the authority of the Father. He's, he even said, all authority has been given. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't inherent per se in him. It was given to him mm-hmm. by the Father. Now that So in other words, I want to back up a little bit and talk about authority coming from uh, God the Father. And so if you, if you back up like that, you would say that when uh, the world began, of course, God created it and had authority over it. Mm-hmm. And he then um, exercised his authority in creation. Uh, I, I just uh, finished a book that, uh, if uh, the Lord helps us, we'll interview the author someday, David Eines. Uh, the book is called um, Christ in the Kingdoms of Men. And he deals with this authority, uh, you might say this cascading authority, uh, at length. And I found it just fascinating because he, would, he talked about God creating and being the sovereign over the world and therefore everything else being subject to him, so much so that when he created, he created the sun to rule mm. over the day and the moon to rule over the night. And, and he put the sun and the moon in um, you might say delegated authority mm-hmm. over day and night, mm-hmm. which I'd never even considered before. We just gloss over that word. Oh, just yeah. just blow right by it. But but the you might his argument is that God built politics into the creation. Mm. In other words, this this authority uh, into creation, and so that not just at the human level, but at the inanimate inanimate object level. Right. I mean, in, in into the fabric. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's the place that you start is there with God and creation. And um, then when you go a little bit farther, you realize that authority uh, has been delegated to human beings for, um, you know, be fruitful and multiply and uh, exercise dominion over the world. And so human beings then are... um, exercising authority at God's directive. Right. And so authority is uh, an important piece of what it means to be human. Well, thanks for, yeah, taking, taking us back to creation. I think that is important, especially within our worldview. If we know there's a God, we need to respond and, and put together our worldview if we're going to think about it that way. And so, of course, authority comes from creation, from God delegating authority to his image bearers. And I just think it's really interesting if you, you mentioned some of the other ways of organizing society and I think you referenced social contracts and that's from the Enlightenment era and from John Locke or Hobbes or things like that. If I, and that, they actually didn't assume there was no God, but if, if I assume there's no God, I need to figure out where to, um, from where to, de- to, to derive authority. And if there is no God who's delegating authority, then it probably just has to rest in me, which is a very tenuous place to put authority. And then if you pool people together, then there's built authority. We have an organization. Um, but at the end of the day, that probably is more an exertion of power than not. If, if there are 50 people that decide together, hey, we're, th- we're going to decide to do X. Um, and if 
if you just, you say, no, I don't want to do X. Well, this group of people can overpower you. So of course we're going to do this. Um, there's nothing higher to appeal to. There's no higher uh, See, organization or anything. It's, it's tenuous at best. And that's the difference between a Christian view of authority and a non-Christian view of authority. If I see, you know, if I have a problem, say, with somebody above me and can appeal mm-hmm. to a higher authority, then it's a different game mm-hmm. than it is if I just have to somehow recruit other people and, you know, rebel right. or fight against the authority as it is. Right. And so if you think about the way that this kind of trickles down, it goes from God, the, the Father who mediates his authority to us, through his son, who you read the Great Commission, all authority has been given to him. <clears throat> he then has a, a kingdom. He mm-hmm. is the king of the kingdom. And so that authority is not merely spiritual authority. Right. See, I think, that, I think that's the other thing that as Christians we probably have to come to grips with, is that if, Jesus, if we claim Jesus is king, mm-hmm. we're claiming political authority for him. Right. Not merely ecclesiastical authority or some invisible spiritual authority. Well, and he's not merely the king of a spiritual kingdom. It says authority on heaven and earth. There's mm-hmm. a, a totality of that authority and, and kingdom as well. And then um, I, I think one of the other things, so this is all like blah, 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 talking about authority. It's all theoretical. It goes back to the whip and the caucus and all that stuff, right? <laughs> So I like back to the whip. <laughs> whatever, whatever about authority, until we have conflict with authority. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Ein says in his book, and in this you can find this in lots of other places too, is that there are various spheres of authority, and when those spheres of authority uh, have, you might say, they have authority structures, and when they bump into one another, and one um, authority from one sphere begins to dominate or override another sphere, then you run into uh, problems. He, he suggests that there are at least four sphere, spheres of authority, individual authority, family authority, church authority, and political authority, or personal, domestic, and ecclesiastic, and s- civic spheres of authority. Now, what that means is that, <clears throat> and, and probably the easiest way to see it, and the one that we ran into um, during the pandemic, was what if the political authority uh, overrides or you might say becomes tyrannical and impinges on my individual freedom? And in other words, the, the political sphere invades the individual sphere. What do I do mm-hmm. then? Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> that's the, you know, that probably would be a really good definition of tyranny to say, yeah, the political sphere overrides all the other spheres, or the political sphere would override your family if, if the, they said you couldn't homeschool or you had to homeschool or you, mm-hmm. they, they started to tell you what to do. And, or, or another time when the political sphere defines uh, marriage, what marriage is, that is not in their sphere to define. They might define who gets a tax break mm-hmm. or whatever, but that's not in their sphere to define and so they overstep their bounds or their authority, which is kind of an interesting question. And certainly, you know, churches were uptight about them doing that. Uh, also, with uh, the the government overstepping with churches and religious freedom, 
and that one's probably one that gets talked about right uh, the most. But that all you know those play, areas of conflict. That's kind of where we run into the trouble with authority. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. So he only had four. I've not read that book, but only four spheres. Yeah, he only used four. That's interesting. I think I can't, I can't remember the number of spheres that because uh, that idea was um, ex- extrapolated out by Kuiper. Yeah. And I think he had, I don't know, 10, 15 different spheres or something. Um, but either way, there's different spheres. There's more than one. Yeah. There's more than one all-encompassing sphere. Uh, and it's and, the, and those spheres are, to, are for, for particular ends. Uh, the, the governing sphere, if you're to go to uh, Romans 13, the governing sphere is there to protect and to uh, wields the sword for a reason. So there's, there's a particular end for that sphere, and obviously there's a particular end for a familial sphere. Um, and the, the church has a particular sphere, notably uh, worship and, and the Great Commission, uh, which is noted in Matthew 28. What, what are we supposed? We're supposed to be di- doing. We're supposed to be making disciples, and if one sphere um, impedes into that ability to make disciples, then okay, you're you're, you're not supposed to be here. We're, this is our sphere of doing this thing. Um, but it's also worth noting that just because I don't want to do something doesn't necessarily mean that my sphere is being violated. Violated. Yeah. Uh, we can have opinions. That doesn't mean. Oh, I, this this authority is overtaking us, and it shouldn't be. Well, no. If, if it's within its sphere, doing what it's supposed to be doing, and I may not like it, um, that I think that's the key thing: is you don't have to like it, right? Um, but it it does have to be ordained by God, mm-hmm. and I think that's the the thing: are they doing what God delegated for them to do? Mm-hmm. And that's that's the underpinning question, I suppose, right? Uh, related to this, one of the things that Heinz talked about <clears throat> was uh, he, he talked about rights and what is the basis for me to have any rights at all? Do I have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? And if I do, why? Because of the Declaration of Independence. Thank you, Eric. My work here is done. <laughs> but no, 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 yeah. <laughs> no it, he, his, his was that uh, or his, he maintained that rights are um, a claim that one person can justly make against another, that um, their rights are ways that more things that morally limit governmental authority because it must appeal to a higher authority, and thus derives the purpose for which God established governments. For people to have rights in relation to their government, it's necessary that government is established by God. And so the... The rights have to do with my ind- my individual governance of myself and the things that God wants from me. And when I don't, I am unable to do that or the government steps in and says, I will do that for you, mm. then the government is uh, you know, overstepping and they are becoming tyrannical. And that's, <clears throat> that's the place that I think we've, you know, felt this the most is... Mm-hmm are they invading my individual rights and are they invading my religious freedom and right. this and that. But I, I hope it's helpful. I guess I hope it's helpful to talk about, you know, all authority originating with God, him meeting it to us in Christ. Christ is the king over, uh, who has all authority over heaven and earth. And then <clears throat> that's, you know, distributed, you might say, distributed is probably a good word, mm. in various spheres. And so when those spheres have conflict, then they, um, that's, that's when we hate authority. 
Mm. Sorry, dear listener. Yeah, we can edit these things out. It's gonna if you you won't even hear all the all the fun that's been going on on the other oh, side of these dear. mics. Um, well, you won't even call the hospital and try and get me admitted either, <laughs> dear. Um. So yeah, when when we come up against things we don't like, I I think it's good to ask the question: what What is the authority here? And, and to preemptively ask yourself those questions: what to what spheres do you belong? Um, and when you figure out those spheres, and that may be maybe business, maybe school, maybe church, maybe um, various levels of government, uh, real, just realize where they are and then who has the authority in this sphere and, and what, is their, what are their responsibilities in this sphere? Where, where would it come up against, um, against my other spheres? Where, where do, how do I need to think about myself as a participant in these spheres? It's not spheres, spheres. Um, I think that's helpful and I also think uh, a humble posture in those spheres is just a really good witness to um, to who we know to have the full authority. And if I act appropriately within and with any particular authority, um, I can point to the one who has full authority. And I, I, I think if we just go with, okay, what's going to make me angry? Now I'm going to react. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put myself where I'm representing. I'm not representing the king anymore. I'm representing someone else. Um, and I think that's a, especially before it's needed, it's helpful to think about those things in advance so that ne- next time a pandemic comes or something, um, you You've can heard it here first. Thank <laughs> you very much, Eric. Yeah, you're welcome all. Um, just think about, think about that and, and create, uh, just a framework in your mind so that, okay, th- this is where this authority has, um, has power, has responsibility, and I need to listen to and be humble to and, and submit to, frankly. Um, and, and here's other spheres in my life, and I, and I need to listen to them differently. Um, and they, for instance, I, my, my boss doesn't have, my boss definitely has authority uh, over me in my work, but doesn't have authority over the way I parent my kids and, mm-hmm. and um, the lead way my family. Worship, yeah. The way that I worship, yeah. So there's, there's different authorities. I think the other thing that comes to mind is you probably have some level of authority yourself, um, and you need to think think about the way you exert that authority as well. You are one with delegated authority, even if it's just individual authority, um, and and just ponder the way you do those. Which will be your rights. Well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, but even then, I mean, what? Why do I have that self authority, or why do I have those rights? Is it to do whatever I want? Or is it to do what God has designed me to do? Mm-hmm. And I think if if it's what God designed me to do, then I got to get clear on what I'm supposed to do, right? And not just get mad because I don't get to do what I want to do, right. even though that's not in the realm of what I'm, you know, I'm supposed to do. So right. anyway, I it's really helpful to me to think about, it, and hopefully we'll get uh, Dr. Ryan's on here, and he can mm. he can help us with this in the future too. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, and I uh, just as maybe as closing, I the I ha- we had a, an example. We were able to sit in a meeting with some long-term missionaries um, that have have been serving and and loving Jesus through through ministry for a long time, and they just had a really great um, great example of of authority. And they were talking with us, and they were talking with us, um, wrapping up their ministry. But they were talking to us as, as elders, explaining to us, hey. 
40 some on years ago, um, this church uh, gave us authority to go do ministry. And they were kind of wrapping that up and, and to observe them talk about um, them having used the authority well, and it was successful and God did, did good things. And then saying, hey, I think, I think it's time now to wrap this up and, and we're coming back to you as, as, the, as the ones that um, delegated this authority to us. Just really was a, just a humble, um, humble and, and submissive and helpful example of, of using authority well, of, of desiring to give authority back well, and to think about those things in a, in a way that makes Jesus look good which I don't, it's not a given. And to, to just sit there and, and hear, these, um, hear these saints talk that way, like, oh, that, thank you for the reminder. I need, to think, I need to be thinking about authority that same way. Um, otherwise, I'm bound to just do it in a, an American individualist way rather than a, um, having God as the forefront delegating authority to us type of way. And especially if, I mean, they came to you and to us as elders who had authority, and if we don't think about authority mm-hmm. and we just do willy-nilly whatever we want, right. that's a problem. So it right. was really a really good reminder about you know where what we've been delegated in order to use it to delegate to others. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. um, it was a good reminder for sure. Well, I hope that was helpful for everyone just to listen about authority. If you have questions, send them our way. Um, if you're just going, Hey, I don't, I don't get it. Or what about this? How do, how do I interact with, uh, the clash of authorities in, in a particular way in life? S- send us an email. We'd love to interact with that. You can send that to comment at city on a hill podcast.com. And we do read those and would love to interact with questions. Um, if, if this is a difficult, this is not, uh, an inherently simple way, uh, or simple topic. So, uh, send us an email. Um, and share with your friends. That's a great way for people to get the podcast. But until next time, we look forward to the next conversation. Oh, we're still going. Oh, great. (laughs) I thought you shut it off. No, I, because it's going to be a huge, super big file. No, it's not. It's not that long. It's not a big deal. (laughs) Anyway, clap again. Okay.